All right, without wasting much of the time, let's quickly go and consider the subject that I've titled Authority to Reign in Life. And I will be saying so many things, but we trust the wisdom of God to tie them up together to make just one statement. However, three basic things I want to look into. I want to emphasize the fact that the devil is no longer responsible for all your pains, for all your calamities. And that is because Christ delivered you. And if he does deliver you, the devil has no right to your life. And if he has assessed your life in any way, you have the right to kick him out. Secondly, I want to speak about the need for you to beat your feet. The need for you to come to the point in your walk with God where you are so convinced of His power, of His love, of His graciousness towards you. I want you to come to the place where you so know that the Lord is on your side and that as a result of such kind of knowledge, there is nothing that can threaten you or make you to be scared. Hallelujah. I really want you to come to the place where like Abraham, you are fully persuaded of God's love for you, of God's commitment, of God's care, of the fact that He's always with you and that there is nothing you are conscious of in your life that He had not provided a way out of. No threats, no accident, no problem. And that is why as a believer, you have got to be very sensitive to the promptings of God in your spirit. Such times when it wakens your spirit to pray, to do certain spiritual exercises, maybe to fast, maybe to worship, maybe to stay away from some things. You have got to learn to do that because they are the basic ways God communicates. And as you begin to encounter Him, as you yield to such kind of promptings in your spirit, you come to the place where you are so convinced in your spirit that God is real. So one of the things I want to show you or press at you is to tell you that there is a dimension you step to in God where all your fears are no longer having grip on you. Hallelujah. Where you come to the place that even death does not scare you. That nothing, nothing, nothing shakes you. Alright. And one of the things I'm going to use to trigger this thought is to try to look into what made men of old to be so audacious that nothing makes them to compromise God, even when they are threatened to be killed. Hallelujah. And then, you know, the third thing I'm going to say, of course, which is going to be the last thing, is to speak extensively in a little way, of course, on your right to reign in life and to reign in life simply means to rule to be in command to take charge of your life and that is necessary if the devil is no longer the one controlling your life hallelujah then if i'm able to do these three things and i still have some time left then after which i will mention how you can build your faith properly and we have a lot of scriptures on this subject but then never you forget that one of the things I'm going to be providing answers to as we study together now 
is to find out those things or that one thing that was responsible for the absolute confidence people of old had in God, which made them to be ready to risk everything they've got for him. And then as I kick that thought rolling, I will read from from Hebrews chapter 11 where I trust that the Holy Ghost will be giving us some thoughts. Hallelujah. Glory be to God forevermore. Alright, Hebrews chapter 11 as we see into the scriptures. So I'm going to read from verse 32 then we read through to 40. Hallelujah. Hebrews 11 32 and what shall I say more? That is this writer has said so many things, Apostle Paul. And then you know it's very necessary for you to understand the background of the books of Hebrew. And I mean to say what inspired the right ten of the books of Hebrew. The writer aims to encourage the Jewish believer not to backslide, so to say. I wish I can have a better word to describe that. Not to compromise their faith or to lose restraint on their grip of Christ, or not to leave the Christian faith and go back to Judaism where God has called them from. Then they began to tell them that people who had gone ahead of them have suffered, and that he began to make them realize how that they themselves have endured a lot of pains, a lot of losses when they newly came to know Christ. Some of them have been killed, some of them have been slaughtered. Then he began to say, look, if you have gone that much to endure so many pains, then it is too late for you to start thinking of a compromise or going back. Then that inspires this writer to give them examples of people who had gone ahead of them in the line of faith. So he gave the examples of Enoch, examples of Abel, examples of Moses, example of Sarah, and so on and so forth. So as he was rounding up the old accounts, then he began to tell them in verse 32, and what shall I say more that this, what more can I see of all these examples I've given to you? I've shown the lives that is these people, although they walk with God, some of them, in fact, a good number of them did not receive the promise. And what was that promise? I'm going to mention it as we continue the studies. Because now what we are laying hold on is same thing they laid hold on, but in a different tonality. Okay, let me just um, open up the the, 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 the truth of the, the scripture. Now, before the advent of Christ, people then believed in the coming of a Savior. Their faith was anchored on the coming of a Savior. And their faith is always pointing to the future, what God has in store for mankind in the future. Meanwhile, those of us who believe now, is now that our faith, now, I mean to say, our faith is anchored on the fulfillment of what was the promise to the people who lived before the advent of Christ. That's what I want to say. Maybe God will give us thought to explain this more. So it says, what more can I say? Hebrews chapter 11, from verse 32. For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, and of Barak, and of Samson, and of Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets. Who through faith, check that, who through their faith. Now the word faith there in the Greek word is the word conviction. Actually the word pistux, it means to be clearly sure and to be clearly... I don't know how to put it, Holy Spirit please let me. 
to be really 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 sure that what you have been told is true or is real so check it once again it says that who through faith subdue kingdoms wrought righteousness obtain promises supply the mouths of lions now check it now faith them means conventions so their convictions made them to act to live to speak certain with such that it went contrary to the systems and structures that were in place then but they never give it down because they have seen something invincible they have had something that ordinary years cannot hear they have seen something the physical eyes our naked eyes the eyes of our body cannot see and through this conviction that seems not to be obvious or perceivable by people around them they are able to tumble kingdoms they are able to walk in the right way walk righteousness walk as the auto they are able to obtain promises they are able to stop the mouth of lions they set for quenched the violence of fire escaped the edge of the sword out of weakness we made strong whilst valiant and fight turned to flight the armies of the aliens women received their dead raised to life again and others were tortured not as certain deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection verse 36 and others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings yeah moreover of bonds and imprisonment they were stoned they were sown asunder were tempted were slain with a sword they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins being destitute afflicted tormented of whom the world was not worthy they wander in desert and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth and these all having obtained a good report through faith received not the promise check that so what was the promise is this all including abraham so it meant that the object of abraham work with god was not to receive isaac the object of sarah's faith in god was not to receive or to, to i mean to conceive okay so it said all of these works but they did not receive the promise and never you forget that one of these verses says that they received promises we have got to ask which promise okay and what promise they did not receive now the promises god gave to them as a manifestation there were temporary promises as to what will happen at a particular time where they should go at a particular time what is going to give them at a particular time but each of these promises keeps on pointing to something in future which is the seed that is coming so the promise they did not receive the promise of the seed which is jesus christ so all of these died they had a good report they had good reports but they did not receive the promise verse 40 god having provided some better things for us that they without us should not be made perfect i am speaking on the subject the right to reign in life your destiny to reign in life now let's go to matthew chapter 6 i'm going to read from verse 3 hallelujah matthew chapter 6 glory be to god forevermore hallelujah i'm going to read from verse 9 rather Matthew chapter 6 verse 9 and after this manner therefore pray ye our father which art in heaven hallowed be the name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven check those three statements when the kingdom come the will will be done on earth as it is in heaven now that tells us that in heaven the will of god is done so god's intention now is that 
the pattern of things in heaven will colonize the world and we need authority to do that okay then look at verse 10 then thy kingdom come there will be done on it as it is in heaven that is verse 10 now let's go to verse 16 okay let's go to verse 13 not 16 verse 13 and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever the kingdom is god that's what i want to pick let's just keep picking it one after the other revelation chapter 5 revelation chapter 5 from verse 9 to 13 and the song a new song saying thou art worthy to to take the book and to open the seals thereof for thou was slain and was and has redeemed us to god and by the blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nations and has made unto us now this is where i'm going and has made unto us unto our god rather kings and priests and we shall reign on earth never you forget that he made us so he did not just only redeemed us he didn't just only um deliver us from the power of darkness he also gave us a position and that is the emphasis i i have maintained over time now he gave us some positions the reason why we have authority now let's leave that scriptures no i'm not doing any suggestions i just want to see the truth of the scriptures revelation chapter 1 from verse 5 and 6 and from jesus christ was the faithful witness and the firstborn begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and watched us from our sins in his own blood check the blood okay so the blood of jesus christ did so much for us so much he delivered us from the power of darkness by that blood we overcome the devil okay by that blood also he received the scroll and break the seals which is um a, a, a disclosure of the future so by his blood also the future was um, was disclosed to us now verse 7 no verse 6 rather and has made us kings and priests unto god and his father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever that's the emphasize what we read in matthew 6 13 then is the kingdom the power and the glory here it stated as though um stated that it's, it is belongs glory and dominion forever revelation chapter 11 verse 15 and the seventh angel sounded and there were and there were great voices in heaven saying the kingdom of this world had become the kingdoms of our of our lord and of his christ and he shall reign forever and ever chapter 12 verse 10 and i heard a loud voice saying in heaven now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our god and the power of his christ check this word now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our god and the power of his christ for the accuser of our brethren is cast down which uh, which accused them before our god day and night when does the kingdom of god come it came at the extent christ died and his blood was shed now there was a battle in heaven so that these things would not be possible but it was possible christ came as god in the flesh and died and at the moment his blood touched the earth there was deliverance and now man for the first time and i mean mankind can assess the kingdom of god hallelujah these are the truths of the scriptures i want you to see then 
will begin to drive on and on okay like i said my goal is to bring you to the place where nothing scares you again maybe your needs what to wear what to put on how to pay your bills okay um your need for protection um you know your need to protect your life to protect your property to protect your loved ones to protect to protect your 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 life from threats to protect your family from threats from fear from loss from death from diseases from disasters and natural causes protection from attacks protection from the enemies and protection for all assets okay and now also your basic need of provision is met both your needs your wants your desires your goals are met now there's provision of food the provision of shelter there's provision of education there's health care and travels for you if you only believe the finished works of christ you know i said that to illustrate two things lord jesus please help us here i don't want to make a target of this discourse so that we won't make this some mess things up or miss up things okay all right what i want to say is that you have the right to rule and one of the reasons why you have got to rule is because now the kingdom is christ and since the kingdom is christ he has given his authority to rule on his behalf and because of that nothing should scare you your basic needs which are provisions and protections and if you have them your secondary needs which include the need for fame the need for power the need for influence the need for acceptance the need for success and attainment these needs are met and you are safeguarded such that now you can't be harassed because of what christ did for you now we can't talk about building your faith or confidence in god without talking about your needs because one of the reasons why people don't focus on what god has in store for them is because of their fear as to whether their needs will be met and when they talk of their needs they talk of two things provision and protection the basic needs and like if you heard me say under these needs you know we have the needs for for health care the needs for for protection the needs for for protection of loved ones they need to be freed from threats, from attacks, from diseases, from the sisters, and so on and so forth. Okay. But the truth is that our faith in God is to bring us to the point where not any of those things bother us. But that we come to the point where we see God as being for us and being the one who is our sustainer. And not just that, that he had given provisions of all you need to sustain by even before you came so all you have got to do is to engage your intellect and engage the power of god and engage the favor of god to bring into reality all that you need hallelujah now let me show you a scripture jesus christ showing us something very important which should be a basis of our life and which should drive our life hallelujah matthew chapter 6 i'm going to read from verse 24 through 24 through 34 so those were 10 verses no one can save two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other 
or else you will be you will hold to the one and despise the other you cannot save god and mammon therefore i say unto you take no thought of your life what you shall eat what you shall drink nor yet for your body what you shall put on is not the life more than meat and the body more than remain please pay attention to that behold the house of the head is an example taking a look at creatures who are less in value than you are Say, behold the fowls of the air for they sow not neither do they reap not gather into bands yet your heavenly father feeded them are ye not much more better than they which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature and why take ye thought for raiment consider the lilies of the field how they grow they toil not neither do they spin and yet i say unto you that solomon in all his glory was not arid like one of these this is a revelation of how we ought to live nothing should bother you that's what we call faith but this thing will not just happen because christ mentioned it there are there are there are there are, there are uh, things that we ensure we come into this experience because this is an experience of life and very few people had stepped into this arena where nothing bothers them even when they have no dime now check it Verse 28, and why take your thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that Solomon, in all of his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little feet? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or, what, or where will that shall we be clothed? For after these things do the Gentiles seek. So anybody that places attention on all, on all this is identified by Christ as a Gentile. Who is a Gentile? One who is alienated from the provisions of God. But in your own case, if you have believed that the suffering of Christ was for you, and if you believe you received the love of Christ really, you have been given all of these things you are not caught away from all of these provisions you are not in darkness you have light like you know in 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 um in matthew chapter 3 matthew told us what made the life of the gentiles they sit in the dark they are conflict sector people but you are not kind of those people in ephesians chapter to also apostle to those who the gentiles are they are alienated from the commonwealth of israel they have no hope in this world they have no god in this world but for you you have hope you have god because now you've received the love of god in christ and christ said if now you come to the point that what you will eat how you will go to school how you pay your bills becomes what agitates you what makes you to be depressed what makes you not to be happy what makes you to be somewhat you know depressed or whatever you are just you know being yourself you are just so bothered and you are becoming rational he said now you are acting like those who don't have god because after this to the gentile seeking out read on For after this verse 32, for after these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. 
seek first the kingdom of god now look at the scriptures i've shown you the kingdom has come it's not it's not that you are seeking it where is it going to come from and as a matter of fact jesus christ told us that this kingdom i think that's luke chapter 17 he said the kingdom proceeds out of you inside of you in Ephesians chapter 3 verse uh 20 apostle paul said this creates power that is working in you according to the greatness of his father that is working so this kingdom proceeds from the inner so all you have got to do to deploy the power of god that is on the inside of you which is also going to be the word we bring the provisions you need is that you sit and pray and as you pray and commune with the father there is the unleashing of those potentials that will bring the provisions you need to you so what are you to do you are to seek first priority so one of the reasons why we suffer we are bothered provisions don't come to us because we have wrong priorities like i told them in church two days ago i said look our emphasis and commitment to prayers actually shows and proves our priority it shows whether we value all that things or we value god more hallelujah but seek no it didn't say seek the kingdom of god it says seek first that should be your primary preoccupation your primary interest and the kingdom of god is a system of government where god is the one in charge and it is when you understand the kingdom and you get into that kingdom that you receive authority to rule on behalf of the father and as you do that your whole needs are catered for Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the sins, what we eat, what we wear, shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought for itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil self. How do you build your faith? How do you build your faith? That's what I want to talk about. First, but before then, I think we should do a refresher training or course on the subject of faith. Now, what is faith? It's good we ask. Faith is a listening to God's word to you in Christ. Like I've shown you scriptures. This Jesus' word to you. So your faith now includes that you believe those things that I should not be bothered. And then you are making up your mind that nothing will bother you. However severe, however serious. Even sudden, sudden, sudden death of somebody that is close to you. Or unpleasant news from a father. We never make you to lose your focus and lose your confidence in the power of God and in the scriptures. And what he's telling you. And there's any way the devil wants to destabilize us most times is to bring up situations that will make us to doubt God's presence and provisions and commitments to us. Look at what he told Jesus Christ after uh, 30 days, 40 days fasting and prayer. He said, if you know you are the son of God, look at that. A statement of doubt. And he knows that if you can doubt things, you can lose every other thing. Because James told us that a doubter will receive nothing from the Father. So one of the greatest weapons the devil wants to use against you is to doubt. And doubt means inconsistency, back and forth with the promises of God. And I tell you, you can't receive anything tangible from the Father if you don't, if you don't like Abraham, Stay with God's word with stamina that will not stagger. Hallelujah. So, faith is listening to God's word as revealed to you in Christ, accepting what the word says and the offers it brings to you. 
and accepting also what God says the offers the offer is given to you ask for you without any doubt regardless of the opposition surrounding so it is taking the word of God to be your standard to be your truth to be your basis to be your focus however the contradictions and issues that may come around you to mitigate them and each time there will be situations that will come to shake you but you have got to learn to stay how to be of it consistency taking your life to the world of God and one of the questions I'm asking is what did those men in that generation saw that made them to to stake their life on God's word such that there is nothing that can that can shape them what did the people of the old find out about God that brought them to the point where they can't allow anything to to, to move them away from God or where they, they come to the point where nothing can make them let go of God where they come to the point where that they are ready to lay down their lives the truth is that they know what some of us do not know what is that thing they know what is that wanting responsible for their such for, for, for such faith they had? One, they take God by his word. Two, they see the invincible. Three, they understand God's ability. So one of the ways to build your faith is to understand the ability of God. To know what he's able to do. And to know what he's able to do, I've got to 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 to, to have a reflection of what he had done in the time past and if it seems there is nothing he had done in your own personal life check around and check from the scriptures if you can't even get if you can't even get a testimony around check from the scriptures you will see what he had done in time past and those things he had done in time past can be your faith my goal in this teaching is to trust God to bring you to the point where you come and devote all your attention all your care all your passion on god that you come to the point of total dependence on god hallelujah so what is faith faith is believing god's promises is believing god's provision is confessing the provision even before it manifests and not going back home to expect what he has told he told you he will do for you to happen but taking it that what he said he will do is he had done it already and you are working it out once you see it manifest so you in fact you wage war with the word of god you become stubborn you stay your ground until that word delivers for you Simply put, faith is hearing God's word and taking God at his word where everything that has to do with the word is concerned, despite what is coming in opposition to what you have received or what is coming to dissuade you. Very important. So there is no faith first. You know, was in the last three weeks, I taught you the four levels of it. Hearing the word, believing the word, confessing the word and acting on the word 
these are the tools by which we change our situations first there must be the word coming to you let me show you a scripture there must be what god is saying to you somebody said he said there must be a scripture that works for you or a scripture that you believe in or that you stake your life on look at romans chapter 4 hallelujah Romans chapter 4, let's read from verse 16. Actually, I'm going to verse 17 and 18. Therefore, it is of faith that it may be of grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that which also which is of faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee the father of many nations, before whom he believed even God, who quickened the dead and called those things which are not as though they are. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the fathers of many nations? Check that. He had to believe so that what was said will come to pass. So he received the word. Now, verse 16 said that, as it is written, I have made thee. So a word came to him. And what did he do? Verse 16 said, He believed so that that which is said to him can come to pass. In other words, there is a gap between the receiving of promises and then the manifestation of the promises and the gap that connected together is you standing in God believing for them that like Abraham here although it seems there is no obvious sign that all that was said to you will come to pass you still stand your ground believing that it will come to pass that's faith and I said this to, to emphasize what I shared with you sometimes back first it has to come with what you are hearing the word spoken to you as it is written I have made it so a word came to Abraham so in faith there is a word we are waging word war with there's a war we are standing upon and as a matter there are two types of faith in that sense there is the faith that's the foreshadow which is the promises of god to the father before the advent of christ and that also includes certain directives god revealed to them certain grounds god god opened up to them and primarily the coming of the savior he promised them that was faith. That was faith, of course. Hallelujah. But this faith, this this face of the faith, faked away or became fulfilled the day Christ showed up. And before he showed up, in Revelation chapter twelve, there was oh, the devil fought it. But all his fighting cannot even stop God's intentions. Revelation chapter 12 verse 1, and there was war in heaven. Why? Because the Savior was born, he had come out of Israel. So the devil was trying to stop it. And check it, if Christ came despite the war of the devil to stop it, and he can't stop it, there is nobody and nothing that can stop the commitment of God for you. Because it does not just only start with the manifestation. There was the proposition, and there was the declaration, and there was a war. And all through these processes, God won through. And over your case, he can't lose it. How your faith is built. The power of God is built, you know, on, on the ability of God. On your assurance of His love. I'm going to show you all of these things. Now, the second types of faith is the faith that is the fulfillment of the promise the Father believed. Or that was given to the Father. In other words, they believed a Savior would come we believe he has come and really he has come 
and is all that God's word revealed to us. Romans chapter 1. Let's see that quickly. Now, we want to see the difference between faith in the synoptic gospel, in the Old Testament, and faith after Christ had died. Romans chapter 1 from verse 1 to 5. Paul is servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he promised afore by his prophet, not that. He was separated to preach the message of God, that God had a message. And that message is that now you are free. Now the kingdom has come. Now salvation has come. Strength has come. Power has come. Weaknesses is gone. Failure is gone. The devil is no longer the one in control. In fact, I am giving you an authority. The kingdom has come. Victory has come. Healing has come. Deliverance has come. You can check out the devil in your life, okay? Now you can extend your dominion. That which you have been struggling to do, you cannot do again. Now the message has come. If you can believe that the Savior has come for you and what he did, he did for you, now your deliverance has come. And said, this message was not a new message. It was promised a full time by the prophet. Now, he now says, which he has promised by the prophet, a by the prophet in the Holy Scriptures concerning Son Jesus Christ, which is a, which which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead. You got that? It was a promise, but now it became fulfilled. Romans chapter three. It's very expedient. We see some scriptures here. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Okay. Let me read from verse 19. Now we know that what things soever the Lord said, He said to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Verse 20. Therefore, by the deeds of the Lord shall no flesh be justified in the sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Now, verse 21, where I'm going. For now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. That is, now we can be right. Now we can do things right. Now you can live rightly. Now your life can be in the norm, in the in the in the temple, in the um, range, in the in in the else it should be. Without the law, without adherence to certain codes, is manifested. Now, verse 21 again. Romans, Romans 3, 21. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophet. Now, what I want to pick is that now the righteousness, the way to be right now is manifested. And this thing is not a new concept. It was promised and it was revealed to the prophets. And now it was manifested. What I'm saying, faith in the prophet, faith in the Torah, during those era, I mean to say, it was about how man can be right and this rightness was inched on the doing of the law but now that the savior had come now we can be right in other words faith then was the coming of the person that we enabled their weakness but now faith now to us that somebody has come to do it for us peter chapter one i just want to run first peter chapter one from verse 10. Okay, let me read from verse 9. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your soul. Hallelujah. Even the salvation of your soul. Verse 10. Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and said diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto us. So they prophesied that it will come. They did not experience it. So they had faith also, but their faith was inched on something that will come in the future. But as it's inched on something that has come, okay? They said diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come to us? Now, salvation is grace. 
coming to us searching what time it will come and what uh, searching what is it is what that salvation is all about and what manner of time the spirit of christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand that's what i want to check beforehand the suffering of christ and the glory that should follow unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that are preached the gospel unto you with the holy ghost sent down from heaven which things the angels desire to look unto now let me jump the scripture um and show you a, a particular part i want you to see Okay, verse 8. What is this salvation all about? Verse 8. Whom having not seen ye love, in whom though you have not yet seen him not, yet believing you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Now, what is faith? Faith is believing in the promise of the Savior. It's as simple as that. Now, there are limitations of this faith. That you can you won't be able to go too far with the father if certain things are caught within your faith. Number one is if your knowledge is limited, when you don't know enough the effects of the works of the cross. Number two is when you are passive, you are not ready to act in response to what you have received. Number three is when you lack cooperation with the holy spirit when you're not willing to cooperate with the holy spirit you don't yield is giving you calling to a deeper dimension on the spirit you don't yield to that number four is doubt doubt is a major attack from the pit of hell to make you not to focus on what god had done for you and when there's doubt playing in your life you know when you begin to be bothered about small things things that should not even bother you begins to bother you bills begin to bother you Okay, so when things like that begins to be your major issue, begins to be your emphasis, check it, you are losing ground. And number six, which is the cause of all of these limitations, is prayerlessness. Your knowledge become inadequate, you become timid, that is, you, you, you become passive, you become unyielded to the Holy Ghost, you become fearful i begin to walk in doubt all because you don't learn to pray so boldness knowledge audacity yieldedness you know confidence all of these are built on your news hallelujah glory be to god glory be to god now i want to mention to you about 12 things if no more than on our faith is built to have things on our faith is built uh, but before then let me just say some few more things about faith this there is something i want to say and i mean i mean i want to say rather and i want to pay attention to that in the scriptures there is no place the word faith is used or mentioned without it pointing to something in future for all of these guys and even now we have caught a dimension of it but yet the hope of salvation still lies in the future hebrews chapter 11 let's quickly see that i just want to give you some references 
to prove this fact that faith is all about the future not about now okay okay let me read from all right from verse 13 this all died in faith not having received the promises but haven't seen them afar off. No, you, 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 you've seen that. They saw it afar off. And we are persuaded of them. Check that. They saw it and we are persuaded. So what was the secret of their faith? Why were they able to stick their life? To die for what they believe for? Why were they so much, so much unmovable? Two things now we've seen from here. They saw something in their spirit that everybody around them cannot see. They saw it afar off and two, they were persuaded of them and they embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrimage on earth. Now we are dealing with what did the people of old saw that made them to stick their life. And from this just verse 13 of Hebrews chapter 11 alone, we saw about four things. One, they received promises. Two, they saw the promises. Three, they were convinced of them. Four, they embraced them. Five, they confessed them. Now, verse 14. And they said such things, declare plainly. And they that say such things, declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of the country from which they came out, they might have opportunity to return. But now... They desire a better country that is an heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. This is a critical matter. If what Abraham was following God for was Isaac, the moment he got him, he should have called, called it a day with God. Now he had received this Isaac, they still keep on this relationship. That was why I said that faith is not just an event. It is a walk. And check it, even when, oh my father, when this promise came, you know, eventually, the scripture said that a point six came in his time, in his life, that God demanded that what he had got should lay it down. And he was able to lay that, lay it down rather. Now what informed that action? What initiated, I mean, what is the strength I mean, I don't know how to better say it. What actually made him to come to that terrain where he can even live again, drop again, that which he had waited for for 36 years. For 25 years, he waited for the promise. Now, when the promise came, this 13 years after the promise had come, that's about 38 years. After 38 years, 38 years of waiting and not seeing the promise, and he was still able to lay it down. What did they see? Because if you see this thing, nothing again will disturb your mind. No matter how dangerous, how severe, how sudden, you will come to that point, you know that God is in charge. Even even though I have not seen anything. And that reminds me the case of of Gehazi and Elisha. The king of the Assyrian had been wondering who would tell um, the king of Israel his plans in his bedroom and he was told there is a prophet in Israel and he's the one saying it. He will see what you are discussing in your room even from his own house. And he sent angel, I mean, I mean, I mean, soldiers to go and arrest him. And that morning, Gehazi woke up and he was trying to get out of the house. He saw all through the mountains, you know, 
that they were amazed. And you know, he was disturbed. And he ran to his master and said, Last master, I said, We are. We, 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 we we, we, we are ruined. And the man of God smiled and said, Look, you don't know what I know. Those men of old saw something which by the grace of God we must press him to begin to see. He will not compromise. He will not let the situation to, to actually cause us to be disturbed for nothing. We must see what they saw. We must know what they know. We must receive what they receive. Else... We are going to be shaken off. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God forevermore. Verse 19 now. Verse 17. Okay, verse 18 now. Of whom it was said that in Isaac. Shall thy seed be called? See that kind of a faith. I've not seen that in my life before. This, this is too much for me. Somebody told you, I'm going to be giving 500,000 naira. And once I give you, that's the money you need for the business. And you waited for 10 years or 5 years or for some times before you received that money. And immediately you got that money, you are about making your business proposal. I mean, you are about executing your propositions. And then on the verge of doing that, the person gives the money asks to bring it again. It takes a level of faith. To give back the money. That's what Abraham did. Verse 19. See what informs such action. See where that action came from. See what made it very uh, possible for him to be able to do that. What was it? Verse 19. Accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. From the ends also he received him in figure. And he received, in other words, Isaac actually died. And he received him back. So at the point God telling him to stop, God saw that Isaac is dead in the heart of Abraham. But check it, what brought him to that verge was that he saw him that can quicken the dead. Even God who can quicken the dead and call those to you know. So that was what was on the mind of Abraham. This man have known had the capacity. May the limit, may, may, may the limit you set for yourself or you set in God, be deleted. And if it's not deleted, it's going to limit your life. You won't go too far with him. The scripture says they limited the Holy One of Israel. That is the sons of Abraham. And they turned their glory to an idol. So you can limit the operations of God in your life. And let me tell you this. How much God can do in your life and can do with you and will do through you is Determined by a level of conviction of his power, of his graces, and of the reliability of his promises to you at the time. Okay, I was about to show you a scripture. In 2 Kings chapter 6. We're going to read from verse from verse 9 
Okay, let me read from verse 8. Then the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with the servant and with the servant saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for either the Syrians had come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him, and warned him of, and said himself there, not once, nor twice. Therefore the king, therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore trouble for these things. And he called the servant and said unto them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of the servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha the prophet that is in Israel, telleth the king Israel, telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in the bedchamber. And he said, Go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, Behold, he is in Dotan. Therefore sent he either horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone for behold, and host camped the city both with horses and chariots, and the servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that are with us are more than they that are with them. Check that. So when the scripture tells you that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, the inspirer of that scripture was the Holy Ghost. And the person who penned it down actually knew really that there are things with us. That the thing we carry on the inside is really greater than the things that are in the world. And until you get this revelation, until your eyes is opened, you won't know. And you still carry all of these potentials and you are still defeated. That's the point. This is the servant of the prophet. Being afraid of the armies, of the chariots, of the, you know, horses all around. But he never knew that who had been with them all the while. Those people, those angels did not come that very day. They had been there all the while. And Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened his eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elijah. And when they came down to him, now let's stop there. These men of old saw something, knew something that we don't know. The reason why we are afraid. The reason why we, the reason why we doubt. The reason why we shift our emphasis. The reason why we compromise. The reason why we turn back. The reason why we, 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 are, we, are, we are easily um, um, threatened or intimidated. Hallelujah. Faith sees into the future. Faith seeks the power of God. Faith seeks the strength of God. Now is come salvation, strength, and the kingdom of our Lord. Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. It is come, it will not come. It's not going to be come, it has come. You have got to see that all the arsenal you need is here. Hallelujah. In other words, faith looks into the future and sees it with the eyes of God. It focuses on the real, on the reality and reliability of God's word, and expects or awaits the delivery of God's promises. Faith sees beyond the moment. It sees God's enthroned over all situations, however critical or severe. 
Faith is confidence in the works of redemption, in the fidelity works of Christ. So I ask again, what is that one thing that gave fathers of time such assurance, such confidence in the power and the faithfulness of God to the point of risking their all, their reputation, their successes, their relationship? What is that one thing? They knew, they touched the experience, they undoed, that made them to come to the arena that nothing whatsoever. Hallelujah. I will give you a number of them. Number one is that their faith was anchored on the power of God. On the power of God. Their faith was anchored not on what their pastor told them. They had first hand experience. They touch reality that is only obtainable by experience and intimacy with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Their faith is built on the power of God. Now, let me let me show you a scripture. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Of course, when the Spirit comes, the power comes. You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes. So the Holy Ghost is the, impact, is the one that impacts power. So, come by the demonstration of the Spirit, verse 5, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So, the faith of this Father was built on the power of God, on the knowledge of God's way, on the knowledge of God's integrity, on the knowledge of God's power. They also had the ability to see in the realm, to see into the realm of the spirit. They had the ability by the spirit of God to see reality even when they are not material, because they can see by the empowerment of the Holy Ghost. What was the faith of those men built on? Their faith was built on the ability to discern God's will and assess His voice on a matter. They can hear the invincible. They can perceive the heart of God. Oh, glory be to God. The reason why you are afraid is because you don't know what God is saying on the matter. Good and fine, you don't know. Then what should be your response? You should retire to your closet where you will know. It's not time to start crying, to start weeping, to start rejecting, to start running here and there looking for somebody to loan you some money. Or to start troubling the doctor and weeping here and there. There is a power you have got, you unleash it in the place of prayer and communion. What was about these people that made their faith to be as strong as the rock? It was because their knowledge and understanding of God's word was so strong. They understand how the word of God works. 
they were able to assess God's voice per time. They were men of the closest. They were given to prayers, to worship, and intense meditation. So nothing scared them. They were able to, 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 to see the invincible. Look at the case of Moses. Hallelujah. Let me give you another instance from the scripture. Glory be to God. Glory be to God forever. Let me show you another instance. Hebrews chapter 11. Let's go there. Verse 27. Let me read from 25. Okay, let me read 25. Okay, let me read from 24. By faith, Moses, when he was come up to years, refused to be called the sons of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God. He was not stupid to suffer affliction. He was suffering for something he knew than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a moment, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. There is something he was seeing that was not obvious. Christ was not physically available. He could see it through the eyes of faith. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. For he endured, as saying him who is invincible. What was about those men that they stake their life to whatever God had told them part time? They were able to see the invincible. How do one see invincible? By faith. You sit in the place of prayer. You sit in the spirit. In Revelation chapter 1, John said, When I was in the spirit on the Lord, the eye and I saw. So when you are in the spirit, you will see. Another thing these people knew was that they understand the immutability of God's counsel. They know that it is the I am that I am. He will be who he, who he will be in all circumstances and nothing can, can chicken him out. Let me show you Hebrews chapter 6. There's another powerful scriptures that you have got to see. Hallelujah. How to build your faith. Knowing what fathers knew that made them not to be shaken by anything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, let me read from this. Nine. Then we would read through to 20. The very powerful scripture. One of my favorite scriptures, of course. But beloved, we are persuaded better things of you. The things that are complete salvation, though we this, we don't speak. Now check that. Check that. We are persuaded. We are so assured of. We are confident of something coming into your life. Better things, he called it. Verse 10. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed towards his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you, every one of you should show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made promise to Abraham because he could not swear by greater height he swore by himself saying surely blessing I will bless thee and multiplying I will multiply thee and so after he had patiently endured he obtained the promise 
for men verily swear by the greater and oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strifes wherein god willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel confirming with an oath that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for god to lie we might have a strong consolation who are fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope that is set before us which hope we have as an anchor of our soul both sure and steadfast which enter into the which into the wearing the veils whether the foreigner is for us entered even jesus made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. there are a lot of things to pray from the scriptures there's no time to explain it but i will explain it in a little way from this scripture we saw the immutability of god's counsel so one of the secrets of the faith of the fathers is that this knew that god cannot change i am the lord i change not therefore the sons of jacob are not consumed that's one thing they saw about god number two is that they saw is they, they saw the place of patience in receiving the promises verse 15 says after they have patiently endured they obtained the promise number three things we saw from this scripture is that they they knew the power of an oath they saw that god had stake his life sworn by himself since you know that he is committed by his integrity he commits his integrity So they understand his immutability. They understand his integrity. They understand his oath. And they follow through with patience. So always bear in mind the fact that it is not the size of or the severity of your problem that makes you feel restless, but your ignorance of God's faithfulness and greatness. Just check that. hallelujah so how do we come to the place of total dependence on god to come to this stage you have got to come to trust god or come to the understanding that all you need are already all your need rather are already met and all you need are already here number two you have got to know that god is your source is your father number three you have got to be assured of god's love and resourcefulness in other words faith is anchored on god's promises faith is anchored on god's ability and faithfulness and the fulfillment which is the climax of the promise and that fulfillment is the manifestation of christ hallelujah hallelujah there's no cause of fear your needs are met do not cast away your confidence which has a great recompense of reward do not cast it away do not cast it away don't let the devil make you to be afraid for nothing it is god's intention you come to the place where you are unmoved by whatever the devil cooked up or bring up to assault you or make you restless that's the goal of god he wants to be unshaken to be unperturbed by anything whatsoever 
anything whatsoever. So very quickly, as a way of summarizing all I've said, let me show you, let me show you rather, how you can strengthen your faith. How you can make your faith to be strong as a rock. How you can take your walk with the Father to another level. Where you are so rest assured, like you, like you are that baby that trusts the arms of his mother. And he trusts it anytime. Once the hand is stretched towards it, he stretched his, 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 his own arm to, 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 to receive the hand. Number one, to build your faith. Your faith has to be built on God's integrity. That it cannot fail. That is the I am that I am. And I will be who I will be. And I will do what I have said I will do. Time, conditions, situations does not affect him. Age does not affect him. Faith is built on God's unchangeabilities, immortality, immortality rather. Faith is built on God's immortality also that it cannot die. Hallelujah. Faith is also built on God's love. John 3. If I don't show you other scriptures, let me show you this very interesting scripture. It's one of my favorite scriptures. John 3. Hallelujah. Verse 35. The Father loved his son and has given all things into his hand. And he has given all things. He has given all things into his hand. Romans chapter 8. It is built on God's love. If you know he loves you, you will trust him for anything. Romans chapter 8. Verse 32. Romans 8, 32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he know with him also freely give us all things? How shall he know with him? As we stay with him, as we trust his word. How shall he know with him give us all things? So it is anchored on his love. On our assurance of the infallibility of his love. Faith, faith is built on God's act and praises. On God's act and praises. Psalm 78. Maybe this is the last scripture I will show you because of time. We've got to close. Hallelujah. Knowing what God has done in time past is an energy by itself. And a secret confidence in you such that you can believe in him for the now. David told Goliath, said, the God who delivered me from lions, from the bears. Say he has the capability. In other words, David took his courage, his confidence, his audacity from his experience of what God had done with him and in his life. Little wonder he would describe God not just the army of Israel, but the uh, the the the. Uh, he would not describe you know um, the the army as the army of Israel. He would describe the army as the army of the Lord, because he had known by experience that the Lord is a man of battle. He would have got that from Moses. So that built up his confidence. 
and he was so confident about it that when he spoke to Saul about it, Saul himself became confident. Now, 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 now I see, now I see. That would have been the response of Saul. I say you can, you can. If he had done that with you, what is the experience of your work with him? Or what are the things he had done with you in time past that you can reflect on? If you can lay your hands on two or three, they become tools in your hand to reproduce the miracle again. So testimony helps us to reproduce an experience we once had with God. Psalm 78. Verse 2. I will open up, I will open up my mouth in, in a parable. I will utter dark sins of wood, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their generation, sowing to the generations to come our to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. For he has established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their, to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandment. And might not be as their father is stubborn and rebellion generation, a generation that set not their hearts aright and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. The children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the days of battle. They kept not the confidence of God and refused to walk in His law and forgot His works, His wonders that He showed them. Marvelous things He did in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt and in the field of Zion. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through and He made the waters to stand up as an eel. Now let's stop there. The praises, what you are done. So you will say the God who delivered me from beer, who made me escape that accident, who came through for me when I had no hope. That same God is here. Another thing is that you have got to learn to sing the praises of God. In other words, you changed or you turned what He had done in time past into a son. Let me show you that from Exodus. I think that should be Exodus chapter 20 when they got out of Egypt and Miriam began to sing. And what was she singing? She was singing about the power of God. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus, please help me. I won't let that delay me. I really want to show you that scripture. To see how they turned. Okay, I found it. Exodus chapter, Exodus chapter 15. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord and spoke, saying, I will sing unto the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider has it thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song and has become my salvation. He is my God and I will pray him an habitation my father's God and I will extol him. The Lord is a man of war. So this statement, the Lord is a man of war, came out of an experience. And it was not just about Moses singing. Even Miriam composed the song. So when you have got to know the acts and the praises of God, that is what God had done in time past, no, but you have got to turn those things into songs. Singing the praises of God. Declaring the praises of God. Telling of the testimony of God's act. Hallelujah. And these are necessary 
because they help your faith to build in the power of God and the might. Ephesians 16, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So faith is built on that power of his might. What you experience in impact time. Another way to build your faith is experiencing the dimension of God reveals to you per time. And that will take obedience and yieldedness. When God tells you, move, like you told Abraham, leave your father's house, you move. And as you move, as he came through to meet your needs, as you yield to what he had revealed to you, then and then you begin to build your faith. As you launch out by his directives, and as he brings to pass what he intends to do because he used to what he showed you to do, then you begin to build your faith. So, one of the ways you build your faith is to be able to, is your willingness to yield to the leading of the Holy Ghost. Number five, maybe I'm not counting rightly, but yeah, I'm having it as number five. Increase your level of listening, confessing that is quoting the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans chapter 10. Number six, you have got to learn to pray more. God is intimacy crazy. To look away from the storm, you have got to keep so close to the Father. You have got to keep so close in the place of communion. You have got to learn to long stay. Number seven is fasting. Fasting gives you courage, strength, thoughts, idea makes your meditation to be very powerful and very weaponry there's anything like that strengthen your convictions make you to see something in your light and incline your heart such that that becomes so real to you that's the power of fasting it brings your spirit and connects to heaven and it makes to come to the consciousness as though god is by your side so fasting boosts your consciousness of the presence of the father and all you need to win a battle, to win a situation, to conquer a problem, to go through a difficult period is the presence. Number eight is intentional worship and intense meditation of revealed scriptures. You know, one of the ways God is going to lead you through tough times is that part time He will show you scriptures. And as you go through those scriptures, you meditate on them and you worship over them. You see the scripture bringing your victories as God had given you images and pictures in your spirit. It's strengthening your conviction that no devil can stand your way. Now, what is the battle? It's a weapon rather for a battle. You pour your soul, and what makes you to come to that dimension is that you fast. In fact, if all you could do is just to meditate on the scriptures while you are fasting, even if you cannot pray much, just meditate on certain scriptures relating to what you are trusting God for, then after which you dance in your strength, with your strength, in your strength, with all your energy, and in the convictions that God's word cannot fail. No devil can stop your testimony. Hallelujah. What I'm showing you are practicable. If you will practice them. It will work for you if you work them. And the last one I'm going to mention here. Which is the ninth one. Is audacity. Boldness. Daring attack. Instant response to divine promptings. To divine leadings. That is obedience. Audacity. Being courageous, 
being bold, be daring, daring face. This is how you win your battle. This is how you turn situation around. So you're going to say, Father, Lord, make me strong. In the day of battle. I exchange my weakness for your strength. Lord, I refuse to waste away. Go through my life. Go through my thoughts. Let there be transformation on the inside that will guarantee my strength in the day of battle. In the name of Jesus. Lord, bring me to experience the reality of your word and help me to follow through every instructions you are giving to me because I know that I can't testify, neither can I experience what I have not believed. So help me to believe and help me to keep on confessing it until what you have shown me, what I'm confessing becomes my experience real time. In the name of Jesus. Say, Lord, I now know that the devil is not in control of my life and is not responsible for my misfortune. The Lord, I deploy my potentials and I channel it to you and to your world. Nothing, nothing, nothing will dissuade me, nothing will distract me in focusing on your world by time. In the name of Jesus. Can you pray in the Spirit? Shadabalakosh. I receive grace to press in, to press in, to trust more. Mahaga Dushke de Lebosuka. Freedom Neko Superhali. Superhali Marado Shekitiba. Help me to walk in the reality of the finished works. Yabalakoskatalabashata. And to trust you for the best. And all that you have mentioned, you will do with me and through me. Every day and every time of my life. Help me. Help me, Jesus. Kabo Shatabaladasa. Kerabasondolobokoskabalaba. Korabasata kata kata kata. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for this time again. For the few things you've revealed to us. We thank you for confidence. We thank you for faith in your world. Thank you because you are showing us how we can build our faith and rest in your righteousness. That you are just, that you are plain, that you are righteous, that you can feel. That you are our backup and you are ever committed to us. Lord, help us to walk in this consciousness. And that no, nothing on earth will make us doubt these realities. Because we know that truly you delivered us from the power of darkness. And now we live in the kingdom of your son, where we have redemption. Thank you because of this privilege. Thank you because this is the victory that overcomes the world. Our conviction in your infallibility. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you.